Why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. It's a serious business. This is the Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Double Shot. Today we're talking about inspiration and the many facets to that concept, right? Yes. I always think about movies where the maestro or the artist is at their desk and they have a eureka moment. They see something and it sparks this whole uh, cascade of creativity and amazing genius level work, which who wouldn't love that? But I also, well, I was thinking oh, too. The myth of inspiration. Oh. That's right. The myth of inspiration. There is no such thing. There is such a thing, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, way, the way it comes on us, it, it, we talked a little bit yesterday about the idea that in less secular times, when uh, God and religion, and not just Christian God, but gods uh, in Greek and Roman times, mm-hmm. uh, various other cultures as well, that the inspiration was handed down from these otherworldly beings as opposed to something that we created ourselves. And as we've gotten less connected with that sort of stuff, less connected with nature, less connected necessarily with the spiritual world, if you look at like all the creativity self-help books and everything, it's, it's incumbent upon ourselves to create the inspiration. You know, there's, uh, we talked about Stephen King saying, hey, you know, when you sit, you have the boys in the basement are really, that's who he calls his muse. And he's like, it's amazing. They're ready to work. If I show up to work, they're going to be there to work with me. And it's, and it's just like this whole different vibe on how people get inspiration. Yeah. And I think I, I won't, because mostly because I can't remember, but there's the Greek notion of it was definitely, it was, it was not something that you got. It was something that was bestowed upon you, that it wasn't something that you created. Um, but here we are. Trying to create it. In a more secular age. In the, yeah. Jack Black was wrong when he was with Tenacious D when he said, you can't just manufacture Inspirato. <laughs> that would be false. Um, there, there's something to that. There's something to the idea that you can't just manufacture it, but you can create conditions right. where it Favorable will, condition. yeah. it will arise. Or you can drink a lot of coffee. Yes, false, false, uh, or or chemically, and well, yeah, it's chemicals. Yeah. That's we're we're all about the chemicals here at the Creative Double Shot. <laughs> fluoride, just caffeine and fluoride. I'm a big fan of the inert gases, <laughs> vitamin D, the noble gases. They are noble. <laughs> That's right. They all have like little, hats with feathers coats. in them. Little yeah. long fur-lined coats. That's right. <laughs> Petitioning the king. All right. We, <laughs> hopefully you found that inspiring. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. Word of God, caffeine is the only chemical that's been involved here. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, happy Saturday morning, everybody. <laughs> Although it's actually Tuesday in podcast land. Um, anyway, oh. <laughs> I guess the thing about cre- or creativity, inspiration is that when we think of it, we think of it as this thing that spurs us. It's like ideas. I'm inspired. I have this inspiration, this, this notion. You brought up the term notion last mm-hmm. week. But uh, th- this notion that just comes, that rises up mysteriously and most times is as gone as quickly as it came. Anyway, 
you know, there's the inspiration, yeah, the idea itself, which is, of course, we all want that. We all want as many ideas, more ideas than we can possibly explore or whatever. And then there's also the, just the inspiration to get your butt up out of the couch or the bed or wherever and get to your place of creativity and create, like, where you're not, oh, I'm just not feeling it. And that kind of goes back to, I think, the, uh, the Stephen King concept of, like, just show up. Right. Um, button chair work ethic, because once you do, once you get started, take your one action. Once you get started, you'll find that that inspiration to keep going is generally going to eventually surface and it's just getting started. That's the issue. Yeah, um, Picasso inspiration exists, but it must find you working. Mm-hmm. That's right. Always bears repeating. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. We talked about the cliches and how there's truth in all of those and mm-hmm. it bears just ruminating on them a little a step longer as opposed to going, oh, that, that old chestnut. Yeah. Um, it's just cool. And then there's the inspiration um, to keep going. We have this idea. We're all excited about it. We get in there. We start making. And next thing you know, you're either like, oh, this is kind of boring or it's not turning out the way I want. And you need to figure out a way to recapture that spark. And I know we've alluded to this before. But there, there are probably other ones too, but those seem to, it was like, it was kind of interesting to unpack inspiration a little bit and, and see that there are actually multiple types and they manifest in different ways. And um, what we've also found is they're not all grandiose, right? They're, you know, inspiration doesn't have to be choirs of angels and trumpets. Lightning bolts. Yeah. And... Thank God. No lightning bolts. Yeah. And yeah. And so this episode is, is more kind of about... Uh, I was thinking of like the small gods was the concept I was thinking of, like uh, the, a lot of European immigrants and uh, African diaspora folks, when they, when they wound up in this country for whatever reason, they brought with them these little everyday gods that weren't like, uh, you know, Zeus. It was more like, oh, this is the, the god of my kitchen or the earth, you know, whatever. I, I don't claim to be a folklore type Extra. person. Yeah. But I was thinking of the, the novel American Gods by Neil Gaiman, um, which I think was subsequently made into a show on one of the many, many streaming mm-hmm. networks. But the idea that there are a lot of these little gods or spirits that would help guide people in their everyday life as opposed to, you know, at the, in battle or facing death or what, you know, or birth. And so when Ginger and I talk about inspiration and just like, ah, man, I'm kind of stalled out or, oh, I'm so excited because I got this idea. And, and I know that as I started thinking about it from a writing perspective, it occurred to me that I get my ideas for stories mostly when I'm not actively looking for them, but when I'm open to them. And I think that's, mm. I think that's a big part of, for a lot of creatives is that the, the more you try and like control finding that sort of idea inspiration, the less likely it is to come, the more frustrating it is versus like, uh, do you, you're kind of in the beginning of a, I don't want to say a new series, but just working on a new framework for creating and body of work. And I don't know what the right way to describe it is, but that sounds good. You know, I know we talked last week about trying to figure out like, well, what makes you happy? And so that was a nice way to, to get inspiration. But what other things do you think have factored into where you are at this moment, say, from a week ago? Well, I think one thing that really makes a difference for me is seeing other artists work. And so I think taking that workshop that I took is still a source of inspiration because there's always that struggle when you take a workshop from other artists 
and you sort of want to be like them yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah, sure. So you're learning, you know, they're giving you tips and ideas of how they do it. And you say, oh, that's so cool the way they do that. I want to do that. But then you realize, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. That's, that's theirs. You know, like I want to do mine, my thing. And so there's an interesting, really, it's pretty fun if you don't let it get, it, get you down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, sure. To integrate what they've been teaching you and what you see in their work and figure out what it is about that work that inspires you. Right. And how can you take that? And you said you made, said the term, you know, it's theirs. How do you make it yours? Or how do you take that concept and run it through your lens yeah. of, of how things are? And so that's what the process that I'm in right now, which is, is truly a source of inspiration also. I mean, it, it's kind of multifaceted because it's a, it's a sort of a fearful place yeah. as well. Like maybe my lens isn't very good, you know, like maybe I won't be able to integrate <laughs> this or, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It always comes back to self-doubt. We have to have a, you know, a well, episode on self-doubt. Cause... I'm, I'm glad you brought up doubt. Um, I was just reading from uh, Sam Delaney's book on writing that I've mentioned before, uh, it's a bunch of essays and letters and he talks this one particular letter that he wrote was about doubting, and I thought it was really cool because, you know, we think of doubt as a negative thing. It's like, oh, you know, I doubt everything I do, and so therefore I kind of spin my wheels and I never get to where I'm going. But he contends that at least from in writing that that doubt is critical toward your growth and your whatever you're working on at that moment of creating something that's not cliche or thin or derivative because you're trying, again, you have sort of an idea in your mind, or even if you've seen another artist's work, you have an idea in your mind of what you would like your version of that to be. And so you doubt like, well, these words don't really convey what I'm seeing in my mind's eye. So I'm going to, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to try and come up with new words. And he talks about sort of doubt as a way to kind of it's almost an exercise. If you find yourself doubting, then you have to question like, well, okay, what is it that, that I don't like about this? Oh, it's, it's too thin. It's not rich enough. So I'm, I, need, I need better words to really convey this thing. And I, I would argue that that probably translates into other forms of creativity as well beyond just writing. So the doubt can be a good thing. And I think that's really kind of a neat way to take something that would be a negative if you're not feeling inspired. And I feel like that might be sort of that lack of inspiration to continue with a project that you're working on, right? So you're just like, I mean, in just the bit most basic terms, if you don't like it, you can just discard it, but you're probably leaving a lot on the table as far as possibilities go if you don't sort of question the reasons you don't like it. It's right. like, well, I don't like it because I'm not really that proficient at it. So mm -hmm. it's like, well. And yeah. that's what I was just thinking, fear and and questioning your skills. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Or for me, usually if I hit a wall like that, it's kind of like, hmm, it's not coming out the way I imagined it, or I don't know if I'm capable of making it turn out. So then I, as we talked about last week, I turn back towards the shore of like, well, I know I know how to do blah, blah, blah. And so my ego goes, there you go. You go back and you do something that you know how to do. It's right. a nice safe zone. Which is, it's pretty wild that uh, when your heart wants to yeah. A, be proficient, B, explore, oh, right. 
and know that it's going to, you know, we talked about, I think, I think we talked about the hard work, right? It takes hard work to gain, not necessarily mastery, but proficiency in a particular technique, whatever your art form is. And it's funny how we want it, but we also sabotage it um, through all these things. Yeah. yeah. And I would say that uh, almost 100% of the time, if I'm, when, when I say that I feel uninspired, it's due to a fear-based reaction that I'm having. Yeah. And it does cause you to start questioning, like, well, who am I kidding? And, you know, it taps into the fraud syndrome yeah. and all that kind of stuff, too. And Oh, it opens a door. Yeah. But... But I a, love thinking of it as an... I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. I think you're going to say what I was thinking. Go ahead. But I love thinking of it as an opportunity yes. rather than a, a liability. You know, like we we get wrapped up in this whole thing of art as this struggle. And, you know, yeah. Stephen Pressfield wrote The War of Art, you know, yeah, like all yeah, this yeah. kind of stuff. And there, there is all of that. But there's also, I mean, obviously there's joy and and inspiration or we wouldn't keep doing it. So yeah. thinking of doubt as a tool to use is such a nice reframe. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, I figure if you, ha- if you have the space to make art, there are good things in your life, regardless of whatever else is happening around you. And to rob yourself of that joy of making art because you're looking at it solely as a struggle, you're doing yourself a disservice. And taking these things that are normally negative and using them as, as vehicles to, for inspiration is, yeah. that's a long way of saying that there are a lot of opportunities to find inspiration and kind of kickstart yourself into continuing with what you're working on. There's a, a book I believe I've mentioned before. It's a writing book. It's called From 2000 to 10,000. And it's this woman who talks about upping her word count per day production, like fivefold basically. And that's not really the point. Like in my mind, that's great. And that's just, that's not me. Like I'm not a, like I can crank out words, but by the time I get to about 2000, I'm usually, I've, I've outpaced my ideas. And right. so like, there's no point. It's in not satisfying and yeah. fun probably. Anymore. That's right. But one of the things that I love about that book is she talks about if you're writing a scene and you're not enjoying it, then you need to stop and examine why. And again, you know, if you're bored, the reader's going to be bored. And who the heck wants to spend their time writing boring stuff, not, not for the reader, but for yourself. Because yeah. if you're writing and you're just like, this is a slog, then... Then you might as well be doing your regular life. That's right. I'm just <laughs> going to go to work today instead. Um, and so I just, I love that way of thinking about it. And that goes back to sort of that, like if you're looking at it constantly as a struggle versus a, a source of joy, then you, you are, you're doing yourself a disservice. You change your liking. That's right. So that if if you're working on your creative practice and it's not to your liking and you have an idea in your head that it's the noble, it's the uh, real art. And and this is something I've dealt with in my mind. A real artist has struggle. A real artist, you know, is a sophisticated artist, has intellectual problems with everything they do, you know, like they question everything they do. And you're not just this, like, Pollyanna who thinks, you know, who's having fun and stuff right, like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I battle that. And so, but for me, art is all about having fun, you know, like, or is about so that it doesn't all, every part of the process doesn't have to be fun. Right. But tapping back into what got you giddy or thinking of fun in the first place or thinking of. Getting excited. and Getting excited or or 
calm or whatever thing you're going for when you do your creative yeah. practice, you know, having that identified. Definitely. And uh, it's interesting when you were talking about that, it made me think that like people have extrapolated the hard parts of the creative process and distilled it, distilled creativity to just that. And it's like, well, if you're enjoying it, if you're having fun, then you're an idiot, you know, (laughs) and it's like, that's not real art. And we're talking about, you know, another source of inspiration, of course, is, and you already alluded to it or, well, actually spelled it out, but that better feeling (laughs) thought, you know, like the idea that if you can conjure what that feels like in your mind, we were talking today, like I, and for me, I was thinking, oh, you know, when I imagine an editor reading, like for me getting my book accepted by an agent. Imagine an agent reading it and going, oh, this is awesome. That makes me excited when I think of an editor doing that. If when the book gets sold, that gets me excited. When I think of, I've got this book that's being critiqued right now, and I think of people reading it and having good things to say about it, that gets me excited. And that doesn't mean you're like, well, if they say bad things about it, then I'm going to cast it into the fire with the one ring. But <laughs> but I might, no. Um but that's okay because I'm choosing to focus on the things that make me excited about it. And then, and then of course, there's the writing process itself, being able to, to focus on that. And, and going back to that Sam Delaney bit about you had mentioned the doubting, and we kind of went into that a little bit, but this idea that the doubt creates these iterations that'll make your work. You doubt something, so you change it, and then you do more stuff, and then you're like, well, what about this stuff? I doubt that too, so I'm going to I'm going to look at that and make some more changes. And you keep changing until you get to the piece as close to the idea in your head out in the real world. And like the idea of seeing that finished product is, I I find that to be sustaining as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, I know, I mean, I've done it before, so that's helpful. But also it's just like, well, right, you don't stop because you're tired of it or you're bored. You figure out why am I bored? Why am I tired of it? And then you keep working toward that thing that makes that gets you excited that you can see off in the distance. At least that's how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And and I love the cross pollination of writing books. You know, for for you reading that essay this morning and really getting me thinking about oh yeah when what do I doubt in my process and yeah. when in the process do I doubt it and how do I apply that so that I'm using that information in a, a way that benefits my art or instead of just shuts me down and, you know, in fear and despair or yeah. whatever. And to me, the, Brenda Eulen, who's also a writer and writes about writing, but, but they're writing about art. They're writing about the artistic right. process no matter what yeah. you're doing. And I just, I love that. And I think that's, that's one thing that I would recommend if you're stuck in your own um, Medium. Medium, yeah, exactly. Read about another medium that yeah. you're interested in. Yeah, and, and to that, like taking that further, like just experiencing other mediums of art. You know, so if you're like, I love looking at, uh, I love Jeff Andermere's Wonder Book because it's very visual. And so it's actually like a complimentary thing about writing, but it's also just visually fascinating. And I think, uh, you know, visual art, music's a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I'm on a Jeff Vandermeer kick because I've been listening to the Annihilation soundtrack as I write, and that's got some oh. good stuff in it too. But yeah, just things that conjure uh, moods, you know, it's like, ah, oh, if something's evocative, that, that can be inspiring, which is really cool. It's like, ooh, I want to create art that 
creates that same mood that's not music or even even uh, I think movies, uh, TV shows that you like because of their aesthetic and the the tone and the mood of those. I think is is really cool as opposed to just looking beyond you know looking beyond just the plot and the story. It's kind of fun. Yeah, and when I think of concept art, like visual, I'm of course thinking of visual art. And we were talking about struggle earlier. If if something is born out of a struggle that you yourself have had or are having, and you're coping with it through your art, then it's going to resonate with other people who are. And so having that experience of making it, sharing it, and connecting with yeah. other people also feels very gratifying. And But if you get stuck too much in the product, you probably <laughs> lose, again, that little spark. I don't know. It's a really yeah. interesting it's a con- circular it's a- situation. Yeah, yeah, it's a constant give and take, push and pull of like trying to – you know, I think we've talked about this before where you're trying to find sort of a a balance, but there's not a steady state of balance. It's always like you kind of, it's like a sine wave, I think, of, you know, going up and down, you know, over this line that's the middle and that middle represents balance. And then you're like, oh, I'm a little out of balance this way. Oh, there it is. Oh, I'm a little out of balance this way. And it just. It's constant correction. Yeah. Not yeah. true balance is kind of a myth or a. a yeah, it's a. False. It's a white whale, a golden grail, uh, other things that rhyme with grail and whale. (laughs) (laughs) An empty pail. uh, A slow snail. Uh, It's beautiful because as we were talking about episodes for this podcast and it's like, well, yeah, we want to focus on this one thing, but inevitably it's all intertwined. And so, you know, but inspiration felt like it was worth kind of breaking out because it's, it's own thing that carries with it its whole a whole mystique and all this mm-hmm. stuff and um the reality is is if you again if that curious mind the beginner's mind is really important because if you assume you know everything you've you've already shut yourself off to possibilities right and so i think if you can come back to the work that you're working on with that beginner's mind again like reaching for that better feeling thought of well, why did I even start this in the first place? What was it that got me excited about it? Because a lot of times I'll find that I veered far away from that because I've gotten bogged down in, like I talked last week, technical aspects of it, or I just forgot. You know, I, I, I the story started veering to this one place, and it's like, well, that was never the intent. What am I doing over here? Mm. Like this isn't working at all. I was just talking to Ginger about this latest version, this latest draft of my novel. <laughs> She had the misfortune or fortune, but of reading <laughs> almost the most recent version of it. But the whole ending was is different than where I'm just about at now. And talking about the process of getting to from that ending to where I am now, like in my mind, I I've already moved on. But it was interesting to see your reaction to it in in the now. It's like, oh right, yeah, yeah. Like for me, I've totally I forgot moved on that, from that happened. But yeah. that's all you've got, you know. Uh, anyway, just. The, I love the idea that finding that initial spark, like rediscovering that, but also rediscovering that in your everyday process too. Like, okay, um, going back to the Sam Delaney doubting thing, like where you continually adjust and rejigger and refine. Um, I think when you do those steps, you also find inspiration in those moments too, because uh, 
inspiration begets inspiration is mm-hmm. what I feel like. And a lot of times I'll find that I get some of my, going back to the idea part, I'll get some of my best ideas when I'm writing, when I'm actually just doing the writing. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like this could totally tie in with that. And this could do that. As opposed to like sitting back and journaling about, well, how could this tie in and how could that? Because the mind state is totally different when you're actively seeking solutions versus being open to things being not exactly how you imagine them, which is yeah. counter to what I was talking about before. But, <laughs> but <laughs> as is the creative process. Yeah, right there. but I, I think I think that being open is really important because a lot of times we put a lot of work into a thing. Talk mm. about the the pieces of art that you've done, and you you find a little spot on it, you know, like a six by six spot. That you're like, I love this spot, and you do everything around that because <laughs> you want to preserve it. When the reality is, there are a couple of things. It's just paint. Yeah. Right. And of course, there's the fear that, well, I won't be able to create that again. Exactly. Whereas once you paint over it, do you, you know, it's, do you find it Sense a little Sense of relief. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, I'm like, not, ugh. I'm not bound to that anymore because I'm open to other possibilities. Like that was fun. It had its time and uh, I enjoyed it at the time, but it turns out that's not in service to the bigger picture. Yeah. And doing the work that's kind of been in the popular culture recently is this. That Picasso's idea of, you know, it needs to find you working, but in the chair, oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. And Brenda Eulen and, and uh, Bird by Bird Woman uh, and, and Lamont, Lamont, all about like having the discipline to go do, sit down mm-hmm. and do your thing. You know, her dad got up every day at 530. I always think about him, you know, and no matter what was going on or how much he had had to drink the night before and he, he got up and wrote. Like we love to think of inspiration as these lightning bolts that oh, we yeah, were talking yeah, right, about, right. but it's also an everyday practice. Practice. Well, and that's the, you know, I mentioned the creativity or inspiration begets inspiration. Um, and that is, that's all, that's the practice right there. And uh, we talked about at one point, um, I had finished a draft of a novel, first draft that I've never worked on ever again. But after that, I said, you know what, I'm going to take this whole year and I'm going to work on short stories. And what I found was that that's not my favored medium because, as you may have guessed from the podcast, I can be verbose and I like to explore things deeply. And so novels are great. But I I found that by the end of that year, I was better at doing short stories. And now I've lost it all because I that's been a long time ago. I guarantee um, you that if I were if I wrote for a living, I would probably write short stories. Well, it does. It seems like because an easy way in, right? <laughs> or short po I mean I'm short really drawn to times. I'm really drawn to poetry. Oh ah, yeah. And but but yeah, exactly. I have creative uh commitment phobia, which we're going to also address <laughs> in a future episode. We're gonna get a uh, Chase Lounge. Talk for that about one. an iceberg. Oh boy. <laughs> With an emotional ball of twine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um Anyway, sorry, that's off the... Uh... No, no, it's all good, <laughs> you know, but it just like, like it really reinforced, like as we were talking about this, it just really reinforced the idea of everything is a practice. Life is a practice. Of course, you're practicing for the end of it, I guess, but, you know, like, <laughs> you know, so it goes back to that spiraling upward thing, which is really cool because I heard a dude in a podcast yesterday mentioning spiraling upward. What? And I was like, yes. He's been listening. Absolutely. <laughs> you're welcome, Mr. <laughs> published book guy. <laughs> but it was cool. It was like, yeah, you know, like, I mean, none of these thoughts that we're 
putting out there are probably well they're not they're not original in the in the con- conceptual sense right right they come with our of course dramatic and humorous flair that <laughs> no one else has um, but uh, yeah it's it's really cool to have these things that we've arrived at through our own conversations see them out in the world that other people are thinking about them too and in, in some ways is validating but in other ways it's like yeah other people are dealing with this same stuff and of course mm-hmm. this guy was talking in a in a business context so oh. it was kind of cool you know that it's it's that accidental creative podcast that that we've uh, posted in the show notes for a link to but uh anyway just this idea that that it's all a practice and to remember that as opposed to like oh my gosh you know like I, i've definitely stressed out about getting this novel done and i was like well but why you know right. like you, you mentioned like what's your hurry i mean i i actually created this deadline by agreeing to have a critique done, which in a lot of ways has spurred me to move faster and more, more intensely, which has been really awesome. Well, and to commit to your practice more. Yeah. yeah as opposed to just saying. I, At different I, times. And yep. yeah. We've probably dug into inspiration in a very organic way. <laughs> organic. See? Yeah. Good word. <laughs> well, and, and I, I love it though, because I, I do, I think of it as uh just sort of all these these parts of creativity, it's, it is. It's like we were talking about last week. It's messy, and it's messy in our heads, and it's messy in the practice in terms of the way we kind of veer and touch different things over time. But eventually, it all kind of cycles back into itself, and uh, and there, hence the the upward spiral. So, and it's know. a little slippery. That's the other oh, yeah. word I was thinking of because you. You have your finger going towards the point that you mm-hmm. think you're making, and then it kind of slips off to the side, and something else comes in. And you, oh, wait a minute, there's that too. So what I'm hearing is, so the spiral upward isn't just a line; it's oh. a big fuzzy <gasps> nebula thing that a lot of stuff Ooh. happens within as the whole thing kind of spirals upward. It's kind of like our solar system traveling through the galaxy, you know. Oh. Yeah, it's getting really deep around Dang. here. Look out. But I, you know, I just, I love that. And I don't know. Hopefully, you'll find this conversation inspiring. And just a note if you ever wind up going to our current website, which is uh, the, uh, what, is, what is our current website? Dreamsmithlimited.com, which will change eventually to creativedoubleshot.com. But anyway, if you go there, and we have the episodes are on there too. And if you do want to comment on any of these episodes, you're welcome to. We do filter for spam, so none of your shenanigans. Yes. No. Anyway. Don't um, offer us. Money? Any. What are you oh, about? well, you could do that, but yeah. <laughs> no. But yeah, no, we'd love to hear from you if, if, you're, if you're into it, um, because we know that a lot of people are thinking about this stuff and having their own conversations, so feel free to chime in. We'd love it. Otherwise, thank you for joining us on another episode. And uh, we'll catch you next time on the Creative Double Shot. See ya.